With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, Sharp Money, VSIN, the sports betting network. Our guy, Emery Hunt, does a great job. CBS Sports analyst, of course, F-Ball game plan on Twitter. He's got the 2024 NFL Draft Prospect Guide available for pre-order right now, footballgameplan.com. You can also check them out. Check out Emery on the Ross Tucker College Football Podcast, Pick 6 Podcast. And tonight, CBS Sports HQ, 7.30. Check out Emery. My man's busy. We just, you know what, I'm curious, Emery. We just had Jay Billis on talking college hoops. Do you get, are you all ball as far as football, or do you get into college hoops as well? I'm a big college hoops fan in terms of watching college hoops, but I'm a I'm a football guy through and through. But I love watching college basketball. You might even see me just show up at a, a random game just to watch. You know, like Manhattan College versus Fordham. Somebody. I, I don't. I, I'm a big college basketball fan. Hey, you can't roll into Dratty Gymnasium and expect to roll out with a W. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. Emery Hunt, we we had a little fun. I think mostly everybody was talking about, see, speaking of your draft guide, C.J. Stroud. So Bryce Young's going to get killed because he goes before Stroud. And the way Stroud's playing right now, why don't we go back t- to your preview and your scouting of Stroud and then talk about what he's done eight weeks in here, Emery. He was someone that I compared to. I have an echo, guys. This is- um, he's someone. Yeah, let's I, pull let's pull that down because I know it's 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 tough for you to talk because he's getting an echo. So let's go ahead and pull Emery down, and we can carry this over into the next segment if we have to. But I want to make sure because when you're doing a broadcast and what you say comes back in your ear, it's almost an impossibility. So we'll try to get Emery reset there and get the echo eliminated. You know, I, I brought it up, and we're going to regrade them all the draft from this past spring. It, if you look at what Bryce has done, and there's a couple of outliers, he hasn't been horrible. I mean, 64 completion percentage, you know, touchdown to pick ratio isn't horrific for a rookie. It's just in contrast to what Stroud is doing. It's just glaring. 
Uh, you summarized it perfectly. He had three uh, picks last game against Indianapolis. You know, prior to that, you know, seven touchdowns coming into the game with four INTs. Now, all of a sudden, the numbers have been elevated to eight and seven. But again, Stroud's performance makes it look bad. And I can't wait till we get back Emery on here because, Patrick, he had C.J. Stroud going number one. That was one thing I remember he was fairly definitive about. He liked Stroud over Bryce Young. And while we bring back in uh, Emery here, Emery, what was it about Stroud that caught your eye? Well, he was someone I compared to Troy Aikman. You know, I thought his accuracy was where it needed to be, um, especially when you think about where the NFL, you have to live, and that's in the intermediate to deep levels of the field. I thought he did a great job in that capacity. It was a lot of the shorter stuff that he had to work on in terms of hitting those layups, and it seems as if he's done that. But the, the fact that he's, you know, has a killer instinct, he's working intermediate to deep rather well, that's someone that you want. And I, to be fair, I had Richardson number one, Bryce Young, number two, Stroud, number three, but I had all three with the same grade. So any one of those guys, you wasn't going to get an argument out of me. It's all about what you want, what preference you want in terms of quarterback play, because I thought all three reminded me a lot of what I, of how I graded the 2017 class, but I had uh, Watson, Mahomes, and Deshaun Kaiser, all with the same grade. Um, and so any one of those guys, if you took any one of those guys, I wouldn't have cared. Uh, but this was a, a class where I thought there were three guys worthy of the top pick, which is why I gave all three uh, the same grade, but I had Richardson number one. Now we can get to, you mentioned Richardson, Bryce Young, and C.J. Stroud. Plenty of talent with Jaden Daniels, Penix Jr., Caleb Williams. We can ask Emery about those uh, signal callers as well. Just We were talking while we were fixing the echo there about Bryce Young. You know, in contrast to what C.J. Stroud is doing, it doesn't look great for Carolina, but he hasn't been terrible, right? What has been your early take thus far on Bryce Young? He's turned the ball over to high clip, and it's a combination of fumbles and interceptions, and, and that's something that he's going to have to get cleaned up. I feel like a lot of his issues is tied to him thinking he's still back there at Alabama in terms of the protection. He has to really start to quicken up his process, and once that happens, then we'll start to see the turnovers, the interceptions drop down, and be a little bit more aware within the pocket, we'll see those fumbles sort of drop down. So his his issues are, are fixable, in my opinion. But I feel like when you watch him play, he you know, his, his drop back and his whole process, he still thinks he has the amount of time he had at Bama, and that's not the case in the NFL. But, Emery, when you look at the Jets last night, we were kind of discussing this earlier. You talked about the amount of time that Bryce Young had back there, or he thinks he has. Is Zach Wilson taking too long to get rid of the football, or is this a combination of his offensive line not being good enough and then a lot of him just holding on to it too long? I think it's more him not getting rid of the football. And I feel like the reason why we're seeing him do this, because he's made so many mistakes throwing the ball early in his career, and now he's been coached to not make the mistake. So if it's not clearly defined as open, he's not going to throw it. He's not going to throw with anticipation. He's going to make sure he sees someone open to throw the football. And we know that's late in the NFL. Once it's open, it's closed, so to speak. And I feel like because he had those early turnovers and he knows that Jets crowd and that coaching staff will go into a tank on him uh, with the first incompletion, first bad play, first missed throw, so he's going to be a little bit more risk averse. And I think that's what we're seeing. We're seeing a guy not playing like the guy we saw play at BYU. He's supposed to get out there on the move and scramble and make plays happen, uh, be dynamic. But he did a little bit of that as a rookie, got him into trouble with some interceptions. And you start to see the stuff to snowball. I think that's what we're seeing with him. He needs to get back to just playing 
uh, like he played at, in college. Be yourself. And if you're going to go down swinging, go down with how you know how to play. And I think that's free and um, a little bit out, out of structure. Emery Hunt joining us here. Sharp Money, of course, CBS Sports. Let's go back to Sunday night. Burrow uh, versus Josh. Allen was – it's interesting, right? He's always going to have that one turnover. It feels like Burrow is starting to get healthy, Emery. But give us an idea what you think about the Bengals and the Bills both moving forward. The Bengals, I think, are, are trending in the right direction because they have three number one receivers out, out there. Burrow is healthy. Joe Mixon is an elite level back. Um, and their defense is really good. So they're all pieced together perfectly for Buffalo. I feel like Buffalo still can be a problem for teams because they still have some elite talent um, on offense. Josh Allen, Diggs. I like the improvements they made on the offensive line. They can run the ball. They just don't stick with the run. That's their Achilles heel. That's why they hadn't beaten teams in the playoffs in terms of getting to the Super Bowl. That's why they couldn't knock off Kansas City. They didn't know how to close out a ball game. That's why they couldn't really uh, beat the Cincinnati Bengals, they couldn't really run the ball to keep the ball to Burrow's hands in the snow. And I feel like once they really realize that, hey, the run game can help us get to where we need to be and we can lean on it to help close out some of these ball games that we have leads in, that's going to be their issue. Now, they're a bit banged up on defense, but they'll get they'll get healthy. And I think their defense can compete, um, but it's about them winning situational football and being better situationally. Emory, the Chiefs are averaging 23.1 points per game, which is 12th in the league, which is not bad, but it just seems like this offense a little bit amiss. From your perspective, what doesn't seem to be working so well that it has in years past? Wow, it feels like they almost missed Eric Bieniemy, right? Like I remember he was out there, they said he didn't call the plays, <laughs> and now look at him, they can't really put points up on the board. I, I, I can't figure out what it is. But um, in all seriousness, I think their defense is just being really good. They're leading from the front. And Patrick Mahomes breaking in these new wide receivers uh, outside of Travis Kelsey's is, is still trying to work uh, with those guys, get those guys all on the same page. But the offense is different because the enemy is not there. And now we're seeing Washington have some success on offense. Maybe the enemy had more influence on that offensive attack than people gave him credit for for, what, a decade plus. So I just find it fascinating that that's the story that no one's talking about um, nationally. Well, maybe they should talk about it a little bit more with the enemy because if you like kind of sneak and take a look at what he's done with the quarterback, the second year signal caller in Washington, all of a sudden Sam Howell's putting up numbers. The enemy's doing a hell of a job with the quarterback there. Now, to be fair, pound for pound from a receiver perspective, Washington has better receivers than Kansas yes. City. Um, but Kansas City has an elite level Hall of Fame tight end and an elite Hall of Fame worthy quarterback. Um, so there is a difference. But if we're talking about just straight wide receivers, yes, he's working with a better deck over there uh, in our nation's capital. When you look at the receivers, why do certain teams like New England, they never put Brady with receivers outside the one year where they have Moss and they become historically great. Kansas City has basically said, we don't need receivers. We have Mahomes. I, I don't understand when you look at the difference that A.J. Brown has made with Jalen Hurts, what Justin Jefferson does in Minnesota, what Jamar's done with Joe Burrow. Why is the wide receiver devalued? I have no clue because you look at teams like Pittsburgh, they can stumble out the door and find great receivers. Um, but some teams just struggle selecting receivers in the draft uh, and are signing free agents. You know, you look at what Denver was able to do uh, with their receiver, you know, with their receiving core. You look at Washington, we just talked about certain teams just have a knack for finding those guys. Baltimore can find pass rushers and, you know, corners 
and defenders out the yin yang, but they struggle for a while finding receivers. It's just I don't know what the the scouting philosophy is in the in those buildings, but it does seem that some some teams do have a unique way of finding talent. You can talk about Green Bay at the quarterback position. You know how they went out and hey, they saw something in Brett Favre that many people didn't see. The Falcons didn't see. They brought Brett Favre and they saw something in Aaron Rodgers. They see something in Jordan Love. Um, you talk about some of those teams that have found quarterbacks. It's fascinating to watch how it plays out at certain positions. Just got 40 seconds. Caleb Williams, the lack of, lack of success, yeah. the lack of success this year for USC. Does it hurt his draft stock for you? People could be dumb on purpose if they want to. They was talking the same nonsense about Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech, and and they love how he plays. And all you hear about Caleb Williams, oh, he doesn't play on script. Well, you love that about Mahomes. He's just like Mahomes with more mobility and more uh, scrambling ability. So people could be dumb and let him drop and take somebody ahead of him, but they'll be remiss if they do so. Okay, I, I'm stealing people can be dumb on purpose, all right? So you didn't hear it from Emery. That's mine. People can be dumb on purpose, but not Emery Hunt at F-Ball Game Plan tonight, CBS Sports Headquarters. Thank you, Emery. Appreciate you. We'll talk to you next time. There he goes. People can be dumb on purpose. I don't know why that makes me laugh. We're going to come back and re- There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it and travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel, it's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN. Sports Betting Network. Okay, Sharp Money, and right now you can get unlimited access to the picks, top VEASAN experts leaderboard, unlimited access to our betting splits, everything we do, including all of the guides. If you're just getting involved in college basketball, 
and the transfer portal a bit overwhelming we've got you covered with the guide it's all included for 120 bucks you get access to everything we do through may 1st vcin.com slash subscribe that's vcin.com slash subscribe okay so we've got plenty to do a busy show over the next hour and 45 as we welcome you back here on sharp money of course uh, we've got the college football rankings uh, coming out the second installment of five and then six with the final one of so a uh, little miscounting there, but it, we also have, did you have news uh, from Arizona coming back? We're going to regrade the draft. I thought this would be a good opportunity to do so, but I believe Dustin, had quarterback news there, Arizona. Yeah, you know, we were, uh, Jonathan Gannon came out and said that Kyler Murray would likely play if he was healthy this week, and they made it official about 10 minutes ago. The Arizona Cardinals activated Kyler Murray to their 53-man roster. Why is that interesting? If the season ended today, Arizona would have the number one pick in the draft. So potentially bringing back Murray could hurt them from having that number one pick. Okay, there it is. And uh, they get a pick from the trade with Houston. And Houston drafted, what, Will Anderson at three. So we'll get to regrading the draft. Now, Amal, I know you're going to move a couple of guys up here as well. So what I want to do when we give out the draft picks from the 2023 spring draft, this past draft, I want you guys in a vacuum to give a grade on the trade. Knowing what we know now, okay, based on where we sit right now, November 7th, I'm going to give you the player, I'm going to give you the team, and you give me a grade as far as a trade, uh, as far as the draft grade, and then we can start moving the players around as well. Okay, we're going to start with obviously number one and Bryce Young, the Panthers select them number one overall, got off to a slow start, but he's steadily improved. You mentioned the three picks against Indy, which kind of crushes him, but the numbers, you know, 64 completion, eight touchdowns, seven picks. He doesn't have a good offensive front. He doesn't have a lot of talent outside of Thielen. Let's go ahead and grade Bryce Young here, Amal. I'm going to give him a B minus. Remember, this is still a team that moved up in the draft. They were still pretty down uh, there in terms of top 10 of the draft picks. I think he's still a good talent. Maybe he's like my New York Jets and I refuse to quit him. But I thought this kid had a lot of talent coming out of Alabama. But you referenced it perfectly. Lack of offensive line, lack of number one receiver, um, inconsistency with this team from a head coaching standpoint. Well, I just I think all three of us are on board and saying, Frank Reich, really? And so for me, I'm going to give uh, Bryce Young a B minus because I still think he's trending in the right direction. Big guy? I will go with a C, solid C. Because I still think there's potential there. I don't think it's totally dead. But his size, we wondered if it would be an issue. And so far, it looks like an issue. It doesn't seem like he can see downfield. I'm going to go C+. Plus. I'll, cut, I'll split the difference with you two. Uh, I think there's still an upside. When I've watched him, maybe a little slow to process, which I was a little surprised by. He's a very comfortable kid. So... Uh, but again, uh, he just doesn't have any talent. It's hard to grade. So any, anything between a C and B minus, I think is fair for Bryce Young. CJ Stroud, uh, just breaking records. Uh, I'm going to go A plus here, Amal. Anything different? <laughs> a plus plus. I don't think you can really argue against an A plus, which <laughs> is really wild. This, this, what, eight games into his career? He's already a top 10 quarterback for me in the league. 
He is ridiculous. Will Anderson, we just talked about it. Houston traded up to grab him three, the edge out of Alabama. He's got just two sacks, but the sacks don't tell the entire story. He's number one in pressures among all rookies. He's number two in pressures per pass rush behind only Byron Young of the Rams. So sometimes you just look at the sack numbers. It doesn't tell the story. Will Anderson Jr., grade them all. I'm going to go A. I think he's been outstanding. And remember, last year they took him third. They traded with uh, Arizona, which you alluded to earlier. Right now, that pick would be number 15 in the draft. You're not getting a talent like Will Anderson at 15 in the draft. What a home run this draft could turn out to be for the Houston Texans in 2023. It's an A. He's performing well, and that defense is really yeah. good. It's got to be an A. It's an A. Anything you read, anything you subscribe to with the metrics and the numbers and the grades, he's always consistently grading out well. A for me. Uh, number four, Anthony Richardson, the Colts. Let's it, go. What do you got here, Amal? Incomplete. Too early to tell, but I think he's trending well. Much better than I initially anticipated. Uh, if you projected out the way the season initially started for him, he would probably wind up as an A. Yeah, I'm giving him an A. I think the reason he got hurt is coaching and the way they've been using him. Kept putting him in, into risky situations, but we're going to go A. I'm going to go B. There. I'm going to go B just because I think this injury thing, you're either a dude that does or doesn't get injured. If he continues to get injured, it's just going to be wasted talent. The talent's crazy. I'll go B plus on Anthony Richardson. Number five, the Seahawks took uh, Devon Witherspoon, the cornerback out of Illinois Mall. First of all, I draft him number two overall in the draft behind Stroud. And I I want to go A-plus. He's been outstanding. I, I just, the only reason I was hesitant was because I didn't know if we were giving more than one A-plus, but he has been no, everything and then some. He's an A-plus. He's an he, A-plus, yeah. He's stepped in day one and has been physical and dominant and helped that defense stay in games. And they rave about him, about how great he is. Jamal Adams was quoted uh, talking about how insane it is for him to be that good as a rookie. A-plus. He is third in completion percentage against in the NFL. He's the best rookie in completion percentage against, and he's one of the best run stoppers at corner, a thumper, like you both mentioned. Devon Witherspoon is an A++. He is the same grade for me as C.J. Stroud. It's just not a sexy position. We continue. Uh, Paris Johnson Jr., the offensive tackle out of the Ohio State, was drafted number six by the Cardinals of all. I'm going to go B minus to C plus because playing tackle in the NFL is a tough job. You're going to have now a more mobile quarterback in Kyler Murray taking over. He's got to clean up some of the, uh, the penalties a little bit. Uh, Jadavion Clowney had uh, good success against him earlier, um, and I think he's a guy that can really improve. But overall, I think he's trending in the right direction. I'll, uh, I'm going to guess B because I have not focused on Paris Johnson one time so far this season. Seems like a good pick, though, and a smart pick at the spot. Yeah, day one starter. I, from all the grades I read, he's doing well. I had just given up one sack going into week nine. A lot of pressures, though. Yeah. B feels right for Paris Johnson Jr. Uh, Tyree Wilson, the edge, drafted by the Raiders at seven of all. I'm going to go with a D. Um, I just don't think he's played well. What has he got? 17 combined sacks, nine assisted tackles so far this year, one and a half sacks. He just really hasn't shown out for a guy with the number seven overall pick. Yeah, well, based on where he's picked and the production, I'm going to have to go with a C. Uh, yeah, I'll go D. He, he's got a 5% pressure rate, which is 12th amongst the 12 NFL rookie edge rushers. That's not great for the seventh overall pick. 
Really, you're looking at pressures for these kids, and he's just not getting it done. Bijan Robinson, number eight, went to the Falcons. Hey, uh, I love this kid coming out of Texas. Nothing has changed. Uh, he, he has just been tremendous in terms of what he's been able to do. You look at his statistics so far this year, 517 yards uh, rushing. Um, you know, th this guy's just tremendous. I I'm a big fan. It's an F because if you're going to draft a running back at eight, you better be ready to win right now and use that player. They're not even using him. They're wasting him at, at eight. It's an F of a pick. It's 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 a Z or whatever. I, I totally agree with what I'm all said. The talents there, but you're seeing the problem with drafting a running back. All of a sudden he's in the doghouse. All of a sudden there's a fumble. You can't maximize his talent. Drafting your running back at eight is the dumbest thing until we get to the Lions. That is an F. Jalen Carter Oof. to the Eagles at nine. A-plus, difference maker in the run game. Uh, it's interesting. You know, I know Witherspoon's the second betting favorite in the Defensive Player of the Year award. I would have him a little bit closer, but Jalen Carter's been a difference maker. Guys, for my estimation right now, he's the best defensive player on a team that has the best record in the National Football League. If C.J. Stroud wasn't having the year he was having, I think Jalen Carter, we would be redrafting it as him number one overall potentially. I would agree. Uh, he is a plus. a plus, 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 plus. Already one of the most disruptive defensive linemen in the NFL. Jalen Carter, personality concerns, but not on the quick, field. Hey, quick Dar question. Go, Sorry. Go ahead. Quick question for you guys. And, and Dustin said he would take Carter second. I said I would take Witherspoon. More important to you in today's NFL, a D tackle like Carter or a shutdown corner like Witherspoon? See, to, to me, those are literally the two most important. I need somebody up front, yep. and then I need a corner to put on an island. So. I so yeah, I be hard. I believe in the in the rush first and the line of scrimmage because I, you they can only cover guys for so long. Correct. Before guys break off of routes and are able to come back. If you pressure quarterbacks, you make your secondary better. So I'm going to amend my statement. I'm going to go with Carter. Here's the reason why. I think he's the closest thing in the last decade to potentially being Aaron Donald. I was, he looks exactly like yeah, Aaron just Donald. Just because yeah. he can eat up two, he can yeah. just eat up two offensive linemen on every play. So it makes everything completely different for how you have to scheme around him. The one thing about Witherspoon is it's not just an island as far as coverage. He's also a tackler. And he's so pop it's, you. It, yeah. It, that is, that's hard to come by as far as a cornerback. Uh, when we come back, we'll continue regrading the 2023 NFL Draft, and we'll get to number 10. Darnell Wright, the offensive tackle there for the Bears, is up next. Sharp Money, it's V-CIN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on v the Sports Betting Network. Okay, check out the betting splits, money and bets for every game. Updated every five minutes straight from DraftKings. Today's games and future events as well. You want to see where the money's going? Go check them out. Betting splits, vsin.com, by far our most popular tool when you become a pro over at vsin.com slash subscribe. We got you back here. Jake Butt, of course, the former tight end there at Michigan. Michigan going through a lot right now. Is going to join us coming up in about 15 minutes. We've got Adam Burke. With some action, also a college basketball play coming up at the top of the hour, Berkey Tuesday, as we welcome you back here on Sharp Money. I'm Patrick Maher, Amal Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson, the boys there at the D, downtown Las Vegas. We're regrading the draft 
kind of midway through the 2023 NFL season, just having a little fun with it. So we left off at 10. Darnell Wright was offensive tackle selected by the Bears. So two two offensive linemen in a row. Peter Skaronsky, the kid from Northwestern, drafted as the guard by the Titans at 11. So let's go Darnell Wright and Skaronsky, 10 and 11 here, Amal. Yeah, I've not watched Darnell Wright play, uh, but overall, the, you know what I've read about him, he's done a good job against the uh, Chargers. And only one pass uh, uh, rush allowed by uh, Bosa and one by Khalil Mack. So he did a pretty good job overall. I think this is a good draft pick for what the Bears needed, which was a quality offensive lineman. I'm going to give him a B plus. Yeah, I'll give uh, Darnell Wright a B. I guess, I guess he's been good. I really haven't paid too close attention. The fact that I haven't heard a lot about him leads me to believe he's probably been good because the next guy on the list. Unfortunately, in that primetime game last week, I heard his name a lot. It was not for good reasons. Skaronsky, who was a tackle in college, moved over to guard. I've got nothing. Go ahead, guys. Yeah, I, I don't have much on him either. I'm just going to say... Uh, didn't necessarily play the best, as you alluded to. In last the week. He got yeah. flagged a bunch last yeah. week. If, if his job was to get flags, he did a great job. So I'll give him a D. Okay. Next up, Jameer Gibbs, running back, Detroit <sighs> Lions. Um, uh, we obviously saw him pop in prime time where he went absolutely nuts. Uh, go ahead. 12 well, overall. Not to hold it against him, but that coach was later removed 48 hours from his position. Uh, I think Gibbs is probably about a B. I think he's got a great talent. I don't know if they made proper utilize, uh, utilization of him so far, but I like Gibbs, just not at the 12th pick. Uh, if you wanted him so bad at 12, probably should try and use him more. Now we got Dan Campbell this week being like, yeah, we're going to figure out you know, how the rotation works once Montgomery's back. doesn't make sense to waste uh, the, the commodity at 12 when you could get someone who can impact you on every snap. So I'll give it a C-plus pick, even though I like the player. Yeah, I'll give it an F. The, no, no explanation necessary, and I love the player. Uh, 13, Lucas Van Ness, the defensive tackle drafted by the Packers. Uh, he never started a game at Iowa and drafted 13 overall. Remember, okay, what do we got here? I think this was a move by Detroit, excuse me, by Green Bay to see if we could one-up Detroit's pick. This is a solid D-minus for me. I'm just not flunking him. Ten tackles so far, one sack. You alluded to it. Never started at Iowa. Has really been a non-contributor to this Packers team. It's especially a D for me because uh, you have a first-year starting quarterback. Maybe get him some more help with this pick instead of going defense. Yeah, don't like when he's described as a high-motor person um, <laughs> at 13, <laughs> but that's what they say, high-motor. I'll go ahead and give that a D, Lucas Van Ness. Uh, Broderick Jones, offensive lineman, the Steelers. I I've got nothing, fellas. I Same here. Haven't watched the Steelers closely enough. I don't hate myself that much. Yeah, I saw a person say that their offensive line is better this year. I'll believe that person. Well, Najee doesn't uh, seem to concur. McDonald, did you guys notice Will McDonald, the fourth, I believe it is, the edge for the Jets last night? He was drafted 15. Yeah, I'm going to give him a C. Uh, he's had some plays. He's been a little bit inconsistent. Uh, he's the kid out of Iowa State, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I, I, I was a little bit surprised that they had taken him that high, but I'm going to give him a C. Yeah, I think he was surprised he was taken that high <laughs> as well. So for that reason, it's probably a C. 
Yeah, Emmanuel Forbes at 16 is fascinating because I think he had his best week against the Patriots this past week, but he had been benched at times. The problem with Forbes, the cornerback there out of Mississippi State, is his size. He's got to be about a buck fifty, buck yeah. sixty, uh, and he's a gambler. Uh, go ahead, Amal on Forbes. Well, the F in Forbes stands for is great. I mean, <laughs> yeah. he has been terrible so far this year. He, you're absolutely right. You know, he was great at Mississippi State, not only in terms of picking the ball off, but returning it for a touchdown. And you summarized it per, uh, perfectly, Patrick. He takes too many bad angles in terms of gambling on plays. This is not the college level. 95% of these quarterbacks can all make the throws that are necessary. Whether the accuracy is there or not remains to be seen, but I don't like what he's done so far. I'm going to give him an F. Look, as someone who gained a lot of weight living in Washington, D.C., I'll give him some advice. You go down to Ben's Chili Bowl, you get a hot dog, you get a couple of the sausages, you get the chili, the cheese, and the onions on it, and you eat those till you clear about 175, because right now, my man is too light to be a corner in the NFL. Yeah, he's an F, and specifically, you've got Christian Gonzalez that went 17, the cornerback, to the Patriots. He went on the IR after week five, but he was one of their better players prior to that. Right, boys? I think I got, like, an A here. I was going to say a B, but, yeah, I got no problem with an Uh, A on this one. I was going to say B+, so we're kind of all on the same page there. Next up, the linebacker, Jack Campbell, goes to the Lions at 18. Of course... I crushed it at the time. They needed linebacker help. I, I, I guess I'll go B-plus here for Jack Campbell. Yeah, he's not been bad. Look, he's contributed in a variety of ways, 34 tackles on the season so far. I think a B is a solid grade for him. He's playing with some pretty good players around him defensively. I was, a big, I was an anti-Aaron Glenn guy. I think his team has performed much better than I anticipated. B's fair. Okay. Uh, Kalaja Kansi, he, he was injured. The defensive tackle drafted by the Bucs. Um, injured a few weeks, but... What I've read is he's been great when he's out there creating pressure from a defensive tackle spot here. So I'll give him a B plus. I, I was going to give him an A minus. I like him a lot. Uh, he is a guy that even at Pitt was a, a disruptor. Seen some of that with Tampa so far this year. I like him a lot what he is long term for the Bucks. Sure, B plus, even though that defense really was depressing to watch against Houston. Okay, number 20, the Seahawks selected wide receiver. JSN, Jackson Smith and Jigba. What do you have them all? I've got a C, solid C on him. I don't think he's been as good as it advertised. Now he did that, have that game-winning touchdown, I think against the Browns a couple of weeks ago. But for a guy who was tremendously good at getting open in the slot, now I know he's playing with Geno Smith, but I still think he should be a little bit more efficient than he's been so far this year. Yeah, I'm going to go B minus because I don't think it's all his fault. I think there's weird drama with DK Metcalf and Geno Smith in general. So, I think it's still a good pick, uh, even though it hasn't worked out totally for him so far. Yeah, I'd say C plus inconsistency, you know, the focus with some of the drops at times. But I think when you've seen the speed, it's crazy. He's going to be I think he's going to be good once he gets more consistent. We saw the big wide receiver out of TCU last night. Quinton Johnson was drafted 21 by the Chargers, Amal. Yeah, hell of a game last night, 14 yards receiving. But overall, to me, I'm going to give this guy a C-. minus. Big receiver. He was a great player coming out of TCU. Hasn't delivered. And I thought it would be a little bit easier lining up with Mike Williams and Keenan Allen. Uh, I'm going to go with a C- minus on him. Yeah, a little concerning that we're, you know, week 9, week 10, and Williams is out, and we're not seeing more production yet. So I'll go C-. minus. Yeah, I'll go C- minus as well. I expected more from Quentin Johnson. A little more production with the injury to Williams, but you mentioned should be better. Number 22, the Ravens selected Zay Flowers. 
Yeah, Flowers got off to a fast start in his career, and it's been downhill since, and not in a good way necessarily. Hasn't put up the type of production we saw in week number one where he had nine catches for 78 yards against the Houston Texans. Uh, best uh, yardage performance since that came against the Sears with 73 yards. But but with all that being said, I'm still going to give him a B-plus. As a wide receiver, The rookie uh, as a rookie is not the easiest transition. I'm actually going to give him an A minus because it's pick number 22 and he has the potential to be at worst probably a number two receiver. I think he's popped enough. We'll, we'll go A minus. Yeah, 45 catches. I'll, I'll go B plus. Uh, falling off just a little bit, but he's going to be a stud for They've them. They've also been up a lot, so they haven't been throwing as much. That's fair. And they just ran for 200, 300, whatever it was over the weekend. So uh, they can still run the ball. That being the Ravens. Next up, another wide receiver went to the Vikings, and that's Jordan Addison. Uh, a, solid A here. He's done it the last few weeks without Justin Jefferson. Uh, he's got over 500 yards receiving already as a rookie. Like him a lot, and now he's been through the quarterback changes. Uh, I think he is trending in the right direction. They got a good duo with J.J. as the number one, and Addison as the number two. Tremendous value. He's more of a complete receiver than I anticipated. A. Oh, 100% A. He's been all, doesn't he have seven receiving touchdowns? Does he have that many? I didn't realize he had that many. That sounds I think right. he might have seven the last time I, I checked. I know he had two against been, the Niners. He was impressive. He's been awesome. Yeah, he's got seven. Uh, cornerback. Good call. Okay. Cornerback to the Giants, Deontay Banks. Uh, big guy, we'll let you start. That's your team. I know nothing about what Banks it, has done with the Giants. This it's month. an A. It's an A. Considering where they are, he's absolutely a starting corner in the league. He's physical. He makes plays. He's around the ball. I've been very pleased with this pick, and at the time, I was kind of lukewarm, not really feeling it because it didn't feel splashy. He's got, he's got eight PBUs. It's a good stat for me. And um, okay. I, I'm not going to give him a grade, but I like this call. We'll do one more. I'm all go to you. Dalton Kincaid went 25 to the Bills, the tight end. <laughs> a minus the fumble on Sunday night, which I was happy about, but at the end of the day, he is really coming into his own. There's something there. Yeah, I was going to say A as well. He's yeah. been awesome. Yeah, there's something right? there. Yeah, he's he's outstanding. There's definitely something there, and there's going to be something coming up, and that is Jake Butt talking college football next here on Sharp Money. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melody, 
Melon Serum. This next generation serum has the power of Melon Leaf stem cell technology. It's Melon Leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. This is Sharp Money with Patrick Maher and Amal Shaw on VSIN, the sports betting network. Okay, DraftKings, bet $5, get $200 in bonus bets instantly if you're a new customer using the promo code SHARP, S-H-A-R-P. Also, a no-sweat, same-game parlay every day for all bettors over at DraftKings. DraftKings, the crown is yours. Jake Butt's going to join us now. I'm all Shaw, Dustin Sweetelson. I'm Patrick Maher. He's got bright future in broadcast, former Michigan tight end, of course, just called Wisconsin, Indiana. He hit the jackpot this week. Lucky Jake. He's on the Iowa Rutgers call. <clears throat> Why don't we start here, Jake? Hi, at jbooty88 on Twitter. Why don't we start? You had the Wisconsin, Indiana call. Indiana, twenty to fourteen winner. What has gone wrong for Wisconsin this year? I mean, the number one thing is is injuries. Uh, you know that 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 that's what killed him this past week is. You know, and really it started Ches Belusi went down earlier in the year. I think that may have been an even bigger injury than Braylon Allen. Um, but, of course, they were without Braylon Allen last week. They were without uh, uh, Chimbay DK, their wide receiver. They've been without Tanner Mordecai, their quarterback. So you combine that with the fact that it's a brand-new head coach, a brand-new offensive system. They go from Wisconsin, which is 22 personnel, tight ends and fullbacks, to an air raid system. They don't even carry fullbacks on their roster. They go from a 3-4 Jim Leonard defense to kind of a blend 3-4, hybrid. So they're a program that's in transition, and then that's always going to be tough anyways, but then you combine the injuries, and it just puts you in a really, really tough spot. Um, certainly just didn't have enough to overcome it this past weekend. Jake, two-part question here. The one, the stuff going around surrounding Michigan, does anything come about in terms of this season, in terms of impacting them and their chance for the college football playoff? And then more importantly, on Saturday in State College, Michigan's a four-and-a-half-point favorite. I find this a little bit surprising based on how the Wolverines have played. How do you look at this matchup in terms of how Penn State's offense matches up against Michigan's D? Well, to answer your first part, um, that, that, that's the question I think everybody's waiting to see. Uh, we kind of know what we know at this point, and I think it's been established that Connor Stallions, you know, the way, the way he uh, acted, you know, some of, the, some of the things by sending people in person um, to film, like that's, that's clearly over the line, and now he's, he's not with the program anymore. Um, now the question is, is, you know, does the Big Ten act, does the NCAA act, if they do, what's Michigan's response? If they do act, what is it? So um, it seems like there's going to be a little back and forth regardless, but I'm sure we'll all be watching that uh, as, it, as it unfolds. Um, as far as this weekend goes, that, that, that's the other big question here is, you know, I, I think when Michigan and Penn State have the ball, that's a completely separate story than when Penn State has the football because Penn State's, football, Penn State's offense has really struggled to move the ball at times, certainly explosively this year. 
And when they faced the best defense they faced all season against Ohio State, they really, really struggled to move the ball. Well, Michigan's coming to town with a defense that's on par with the way Ohio State plays defense. That's going to be the interesting thing. Now, the question is, is did they do enough last weekend against Maryland where they put up 50-plus points and got, got some nice contributions from the receivers and um, Katron Allen? It, you know, is that enough to boost them this weekend against a good Michigan defense? I don't know. I think the early downs will tell us a big story. I don't think Penn State wants to live in a third and long situation. I don't know that Drew Aller's there yet as a quarterback to overcome a lot of uh, late down, third down adversity against this Michigan defense. So um, I know Penn State doesn't necessarily probably want to run the ball right into this front, but I think they're going to have to to get themselves into favorable down and distance. Big Ten Network analyst Jake Butt joining us here on Sharp Money. You mentioned Sparty. They head to Columbus this weekend. That number right now, 31 and a half with Ohio State laying it. So obviously not much of a matchup. Question for you, Jake. Who are you hearing as a potential replacement there in East Lansing at head coach? That's I, I, I'm not hearing anything too much right now. I can tell you one thing is when you when you uh, when Urban Meyer na- Urban Meyer's name has uh, has got bounced around, I can tell you I don't I don't think that's going to happen. I, I think I think Michigan State is probably being a little bit patient to see what names become available too down the stretch of the season. They're in a they're in an inflection point in their program where this next coaching hire is extremely important because you risk you know, going into some really dark years by committing to the wrong coach and that guy not being able to uh, revive the program. Um, And at that point, you know, you'll have, uh, you know, a decade of tough, tough times. um, And it makes it hard to kind of dig yourself out of that. So ideally Michigan state can find the next D'Antonio that can, and what D'Antonio did such a good job of was taking you know, three and four starred recruits and getting them to play way above their high school rating. No one leveraged external disrespect better than D'Antonio. I think that's, that, that's, that's the kind of identity of the coach still need. You know, I talked to Matt Rule at Nebraska earlier this year, and, you know, he had success at Temple. He had success at Baylor. Now he's the head coach at Nebraska. He brought up a great point. You have to learn how to win given each specific situation. The same is true for Michigan State. There's a certain identity that wins up there in East Lansing. I think part of that is running the ball. You know, they've had some great physical O-lines and running the football and then playing good, sound Big Ten defense. They've kind of gotten away from that in recent years. That's the steps they need to take to get back on track. Jake, you mentioned Matt Rule. How do you see this Nebraska program? If anybody sat through and watched that Michigan State-Nebraska game on Saturday, wasn't overly impressed with the Huskers' offense. But from a big-picture standpoint, do you think they're trending in the right direction? Oh, yeah. I mean, they're absolutely trending in the right direction. Shoot, they're, they're, they're one win away. Uh, look, they're one win away from a bowl game. That's, that's a pretty damn good spot. I know last week was pretty frustrating for the Corn Huskers, um, but – Look, the defense has taken major, major strides under, under Tony White. Like, that, that is a revamped defense. Even the special teams, which has been a huge issue in the past, has taken some strides. Um, offensively, 
it's the same issue where yeah, yeah, every single week, I'm sure Nebraska fans are sitting here saying, man, we just have to stop turning the ball over. Man, we just have to stop. And then they do it every single week. You know, I think part of that is, is frankly, as, as tough as this is, it's a business. You, you're going to need to get new guys in there that understand how to take care of the football. Right now, that's not the case. Jeff Sims has a history of turnover problems going all the way back to his time at Georgia Tech. I was a little bit interested when they brought him in. So the, the biggest thing Nebraska could do offensively, it's not about adding anything. They don't need to add anything right now. They need to lose the things that are working against them. They need to lose the negative. That's a net positive for them. Taking care of the football, Nebraska would already be at six wins if they could just take care of the football. If not seven, if not eight, that's the biggest thing. Okay, Jake, I'm putting you on the spot, but you can handle it. The college football committee, their second rankings come out tonight. Let's hear the Jake Butt top five college football right now. I, 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 what do I think the committee's going to do or my, no, 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 no. I don't care about the committee. I care about you. What are you going to, what would you say right (laughs) now? Okay. Well, yeah. So I think the committee's get, well, real quick. I think nothing changes. I think the one through one through six really is going to be exact, the exact same to me. I would have Michigan at one Georgia at two Ohio state at three. And I would have Washington at four. Um, though I think as the season plays out, if I had to pick right now, I would pick Oregon to beat Washington. I always say, Hey, home field advantage counts for something. I think Oregon's a better team, but, but Washington got them at home and I give credit to the team that won. Um, to me, Michigan's looked like the best team throughout this, this season. Certainly Georgia. I would not be mad at you if you had Georgia as the number one team in the country. I just think Michigan has looked more dominant. I don't, I don't care about the schedule as much as others. Ohio State, they have some of the best wins in college football, though Notre Dame is kind of folding a little bit. So maybe that we, we look at that win a little bit differently. Um, and then I put Washington over Florida State just because of what the Pac-12 has been this year. It has been a gauntlet out there, and Washington continues to win and win and win. I wonder if they'll be able to finish the season undefeated because the defense has been shaky at times. But that's, that's, that's my top four right there. Jake, I'll give you three options. You can add somebody else if you like. Heisman right now, Penix plus 160, Bo Nix plus 180, J.J. McCarthy 8-1, to one, or do you have someone else? Yeah, that, those are the three right there. And, and frankly, I know we, we, don't, we don't want to admit that this is true, but team success certainly plays a factor. You know, like your, your team has to win. Your team kind of has to be in the big moment to, to have a good chance at this. I think it's probably coming from one of those three guys. I thought maybe we'd get a Marvin Harrison Jr. in there, but he, he almost had no room for error, and he didn't have like a Heisman-type performance last, uh, last week. I mean, you could maybe throw Marvin Harrison Jr. in there if he goes off for 250 yards against Michigan and leads his team to victory. But, the, but those are the three right there, and um, I think we'll have to observe how each of their teams plays down the stretch. You know, each of those guys still has to maintain that minimum statistical excellence, but it's probably one of those three. Jake Butt. Big Ten Network analyst, Jay Booty, 88. Iowa Rutgers this weekend. We're going to take a shot for every touchdown scored, so we'll be driving sober. Jake, have a good call. Thank you. All right, guys. Yeah, thanks. We'll see you later. Enjoy the game. Adam Burke is next. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, 
Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hey guys, back at the playground again, huh? Yep. You know what this playground could use? A wine country. Heck yeah! And some waves. So we could go surfing. Oh, <laughs> ah, love that! A redwood forest would be cool. I'm in! Ah, ski slopes. Let's do it! Um, can a girl go shopping? Yeah, baby! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com.